Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today is a bright and early Monday morning, and we are going to hit the road running. Today is the 24th of May. We have, I think, another week left. Is that what it is? Yep, next Monday is the 31st, which is a holiday here, Memorial Day. And um, so it's a three-day weekend next weekend. But wow, (laughs) time is just like galloping along. So here we are. But today, I wanted to talk about something before the summer hits, because it seems like with a new season, we can kind of go into, hey, this is time for something new. But the thing about organization, I know people very close to me, and at times I was one of them, where I would wait until the last minute to leave or to do something, get something done. And I realized that I was always living for the next chore, event, whatever it was. My view was that close to me all the time. It's like I couldn't see past an event. If I had something in two weeks, it would be up to two weeks and or it would be up to a month. And as soon as I did that, then I'll get to the other stuff that I want to get to. And I thought, you know, there's something, there is a connection, like a hard connection between organizing your space and getting to your dreams. Whatever your dream is, whether it's a new job, whether it's creating more time for yourself so that you can do the things you enjoy, or it's writing a book, or it's buying a car, or whatever it is you're thinking about in your life, it can happen. If you figure out how to create space around you that gives you a foundation for it to happen. Otherwise, in your brain, you are doing the waiting game. As soon as, as soon as I do this, as soon as I do that. 
And then when COVID hit, a lot of us had nothing to do. We started cleaning. We started trashing stuff. We started giving stuff away. We started helping other people because we had the time. And then there was even a round two. COVID lasted a year, at least in the States where actually more than a year now. What are we, in May? So a year and almost two months now where we had a round two. Because once you clean, you start realizing there's other things you don't need. Your eyes sharpen towards what belongs in your life and what doesn't. But the bigger deal in all of this is that while you're doing that, you start letting go of things that no longer serve a purpose in your life so that you can make room for what's important to you. Because all organization is is that everything has a home. It can easily be found, accessed, used, and put back. So now your brain has a system. I know where this is. I can get it if I need it. I use it all the time. And then I just put it back. It has a spot. But what happens to your brain when you do that? All the other stuff, now that this has been taken care of, kind of like round two during COVID times where we said, oh, wow, there's more I could give away. Oh, wow, there's more I don't need. Wow, I don't know why I bought that. Oh, I do remember why I bought that. I thought it was going to change my life. It didn't. It goes. Start doing that with your thoughts. You start doing that with your time. You start saying, what am I doing this for? Where is this taking me? Why is this important to me? Because once we declutter one thing, there is a ripple effect, decluttering. That's why Christ says, if you ever want to organize your mind, Clean something. It's like clutter control, right? Because it is easy when we are out in the world, and we were not out in the world during COVID times. At least in California, everything was closed. We couldn't buy clutter if we wanted to. But then we start to see that everywhere we went and we saw something and it looked like a good idea or it looked like it was fun, Jumping back into the world after all of this, we're like, oh, I just gave something like that away. Oh, I don't need that. We're spending money differently. We started realizing that all the extra stuff we bought, we could save. And all that money we save, we could get a different house, a bigger house, or a smaller house, depending on where you're at in your raising of your children. But we started to see where changes can be made and where they're beneficial. Because there's this out-of-the-door policy 
we have mentally now, like, okay, this no longer belongs in my home. This is something I need to give away. And then we start doing that in our minds. This thought is no longer serving me. I need to stop myself from falling into this very familiar trap. Because declutter goes deep. It really goes deep. We think for a minute that, oh, that's okay. I'm used to it. It gives me comfort. Having all my stuff around me gives me comfort. But now the question is, but how much of it am I using? Because when you have physical space around you, you have mental space in your head. Think about how it feels. And I know everyone's had this experience at some point or another. When you first clean a room or a drawer, it's almost like you could breathe, like this plug is unplugging. It, you're loosening it. It's been stuck in this little hole for a long time to the point where it, it's grown crud around it. And you have to clean the crud around it. And then the plug starts to at least look clean. And then you pull it out and you have this space. And a lot of times we're scared of that space because now we're like, and now what? Well, now i got to do something bigger. No, that's not how that happens. Once you actually do that, something bigger feels easier. But we always wait to do the decluttering. And in many people's lives, it becomes their barrier between them and their bigger thoughts. It's like this this big wall right in front of the sky. It is that big to organize your space. So how would you even start? Let's say you wanted to do your bedroom because that's where you wake up every day. It's the first thing you see. You're not really sure where to start. You don't foresee yourself living without any of it. You should do is just empty the entire space. And then you say, well, where do I put everything? Find a spot outside of the room. Either get boxes and put stuff in boxes and label the boxes. If you have a garage, put them in the garage. Put the stuff you least use first. Because that's the stuff you most likely will not bring back. And then when the room is empty, obviously you're going to leave the bed in there and the little tables and the dresser. But once that room is empty and the closet, because as you start doing the closet, the rule is if you haven't worn anything in a year, you've gone through four seasons, and it's not one of those things you wear periodically, you know what you're going to wear and what you're not going to wear again. Somebody else could use that. And then you'll end up with these two piles. One would be like the vision pile. You could still see yourself wearing it. And the other is the -the out-the-door pile. And you can look at it 
is not only have you just helped yourself to somebody else that close and those items are going to mean a lot. They're going to mean a lot. So when we start to clear off counters, pick up shelves, clean closets, and it's done, you think, oh, I finally finished that. I could rest now. Your brain is like bouncing around going, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now we could do this. Now you could go out. And when you come home, you don't have to look at all this stuff. And when you start cluttering a flat surface of any kind in your house with stuff, start getting that comfortable feeling like, wow, this is who I was and this feels good, just like somebody who goes to ice cream. You start saying, wait a minute, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to do that again. I know this sounds funny, but this is one of the biggest abused pieces of furniture in everybody's house. It's the dining room table. People generally don't use their dining room table anymore. They're in their kitchen. They eat in their kitchen. Guests come over. They eat in the kitchen. And what guests get to sit at the dining room table? Or you might use it once a year for Thanksgiving, and then you go somewhere else for Christmas or the other way around. But the dining room table is the safest place in the house to pile mail onto and paperwork and do projects on, and it just stays there, becomes part of the household. Other than closets, that's that's truly the most abused spot in the house. But they call it like coffee table functionality. You know, the tables that you have in your house should be used as tables. Because every time you walk past that dining room table, you say, I'll get to whatever's after this once I get to this. But this this has been here for five years. So, wow, five years I have been going to get to other things. So all the flat surfaces staying clutter-free means that everything else is safe. Once your flat surfaces are all with tons of stuff on them, so is your mind. There's a direct correlation. We say so many things in life. And as we get older, as we get older, we start realizing that, oh, maybe it's too late for me. Maybe I'm too old to do that for a first time. And there goes the dream. There's a golden rule to organizing. And that's that the stuff you have must have a place. If it doesn't have a place, you probably don't need it. You have to schedule a time to do it. You know, you have to say, okay, this Saturday, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to wake up, I'm going to have breakfast, and I'm going to start in this closet, name the closet, 
make a checklist, go through each room, make a checklist of your entire home and what you want to go through. So then you start in that closet, you start checking things off. Some people start with the floors and start picking stuff up from corners. Start by emptying out drawers. And most people start out in the closet because it's the biggest one. And it's very, very, I want to say motivating once you start to see what you can actually do. Because a mess says, I don't have a high priority I'm being organized. It's fine with me, but it's kind of a sign to me that I really kind of enjoy a little bit of messy. But then in our heads, we kind of stash stuff in corners too. We don't face things. It is funny to think about it that way, but you know when they say a picture says a thousand words, it does. Because decluttering mentally, we have to start on our outside. That's one of the few things that, you know, we say everything starts on the inside. Well, it does because you have to want the will to do it. But the minute you start, it's like an action, action. Your head starts going. Your mind starts going. You can't believe that you did it. As you start checking things off, that same dopamine we get from other things that we get addicted to starts to happen to us. Even if we're someone who hates cleaning, organizing is different than cleaning. Cleaning, you're just maintaining. It's the way you live. It's how your house is. It's how your car is. It's how your desk is at work. You just clean it so that you can function in that space. But organizing takes a whole different set of thoughts because organizing forces our brain to see our future. There is no way you can organize a drawer or organize your bedroom or organize your closets or clean out your car that future isn't in that because you're saying, I want to be able to enjoy this in my future. Even though it's a close future, you want to enjoy it in your future. The other thing that happens to you, whether you realize it or not, is that's how we also let go of our past. I don't need this anymore. I remember my daughter when she moved. And I I go to her apartment. She's moving from an apartment to a house. And she had that apartment since college, and now she's like 29. So here we are seven years later in the same room in a house or an apartment she shared with two other girls. I couldn't believe all this stuff. And there was a whole pile of stuff that she said, Mom, you gave all of this to me. And because you gave it to me, I kept it. And I just feel bad to either throw it away or give it away because you gave it to me. Well, she taught me two things right there. 
<laughs> excuse me. One was about emotional attachment or guilt that, oh, gosh, my mom gave this to me. I don't want to give it away. Two, I didn't realize how much I gave her. And three, we both learned not only to let go of those things and give them away, but we also, after that, when we would go shopping together, I'd say, this is going to end up in that pile. She'd be like, I know, forget it. Because the attraction, the cuteness, the fun things that we think we're going to love, and they're just sitting in a corner. But there's other things that happen when we free up our mental space. We're able to not only let go of the past, but we start to be able to multitask more clearly. Because that anxious feeling we get of we always have so much to do is because we never get to our clutter. It helps us make decisions faster because we're like, I either want this or I don't because now you've just done that, cleaning out your house. Yes, no. Keep pile, give away pile. It also gives you the clearness to limit information that you don't need from just being in your space. Like, oh, wow, I'm not there right now. I'm not there right now. If someone asks you to do something that you'd normally say yes to because you're already cluttered to the max, you'll be like, I I really won't have time to do that. You might want to find someone who could enjoy it or will have the time to do it. You become decisive and you learn to discern all that from just cleaning out your house and your space. And it puts all those routine decisions like, yep, got to wake up, yep, got to go to work, yep, got to come back. It it makes those no longer decisions like, when will I wake up? You're going to wake up. So just wake up. You become more efficient. Those extra 10 minutes aren't going to give you anything. And you know it. But if you let the mess stay, you're going to let the mess in your head stay. And you're going to put off things like waking up. And worse even, going to sleep. Because people wonder why they can't sleep, and most of it is because they're not sleeping when they actually start getting sleepy. They start going to sleep after they've stayed up way past that second wind point, and then they wonder why they can't go to sleep. But their mind's like, well, now I'm like awake asleep. Wait a minute. There's just so much, so much behind what we accept in our surroundings. Liam writes, as the saying goes, as within, so without, as without, so within. It's so true. But I really felt like I, just starting the week, starting the week, thinking this, just walk through your house. Put a notepad in your hand and write what you want to do different in each room, what you want to get rid of, what you want to keep. If you have kids, have them do it. What a lesson. If you do it all together, it even feels like a movement in the house. 
And decluttering is different than cleaning. You know, there's these questions. Should I clean or declutter first? When you declutter first, you'll clean stuff that's left. Make sure that you have a big bag for stuff you're going to give away and another big bag for stuff you need to throw away. Have all that ready. Prepare yourself for the move, for the shift, for the change. Make a list and see what's most important to you and why. There's certain things we keep. They're like family heirlooms. But piles of junk and little things, I have to tell you, you know, I have cleaned a few houses of people who have passed in my time. And one of the houses took me seven months to do. Seven months. The house was just a big spider web. I couldn't believe every single drawer in that house was filled with something. Candles, candle holders, napkins, matches, uh, silver. The person collected silver, but you would never know it. It wasn't displayed anywhere, and it wasn't used. It was stuffed in cabinets and drawers. Every drawer I opened was filled to the top with directions they kept from appliances they didn't even have anymore. And I would, as, as I cleaned it, I would remember things like what I knew about that person, how this gave them comfort. The house on the outside looked pretty neat and orderly, but on the inside was a mess. What did that tell me? That on the outside they were dressed right, they always looked good, they always looked well, but on the inside they weren't that happy. I would find things, you know, notebooks and and lists, to-do lists, and what they want to do better in their lives. I found all of that. I read it. It was like an adventure, exploring things that we believe give us comfort, but really are like a ball and chain hooked onto our ankles. We get caught up in the frenzy of buying because it's a high instead of it's a need. And in my mind, that extra money that we don't spend on all this stuff that we stuff in the drawers and weighs us down, we can make purchases that are investment-like, like a home. We can help somebody if we don't need that money. There's never a shortage of people who need help. There's never a shortage of people who need the things we don't use. And we start understanding service all because we start organizing ourselves and decluttering our surroundings. It is that powerful because whatever dreams you had, all the one-day stuff, it starts getting reeled in one step at a time out of the future and into today. Every single piece you give away, every drawer you clean, every room that feels like you could breathe in, every single one of them 
will be one step closer to you saying, hey, today's the day. I have time. And my brain is ready because I just taught my brain to pay attention to me. Those things, these things are the foundational pieces of self-love. We think self-love is <laughs> just a feeling. But it starts with our actions because actions will speak to us louder than our words because actions actually are the energy moving towards doing what we need to do. And when we take the time to help ourselves, help ourselves. When we take the time to do that, to do that, we have given ourselves a gift that keeps on giving over and over and over again. It is so cool because it really, really works. It really does change your life. It really does give you time in a different way. So just walk through your house today and make a list. I've run out of time. I love you guys, and I will see you tomorrow morning. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.